Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, am I getting too old for this shit? We talk to Tom Vanderbilt about learning new skills. Plus, Biz asks, is fudge parenting a thing? Woo! I think. (laughs) I had three crisis days in the span of a week. I reached out for help each time, a little bit better each time, and... I called out from work for last Monday and Tuesday, and when I called out, I told them it was for mental illness because I needed two days off, and I didn't want to lie about being sick because, fuck it, I am mentally ill. I'm going through a very hard time, and I deserve to have a couple of recovery days at home because everything's bad. I can't even go into how bad everything is because it's everything and it's bad. But I am so glad that you guys are here. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, you are wonderful. You're doing such a good job recognizing that you needed some time off. Yeah, mental illness is real. Yeah, we're all like being crushed under some sort of like boulder of anxiety and fear and stress right now on top of however we might have been before this all started. (laughs) And I think mental health days are genius. And I also really appreciate this is good. This is good. This is good. Being open and honest about our mental health is so good. You know, look, I am still high-fiving the caller who called in who didn't want to go to that party, so they pretended to be sick. That is, I still salute you and think that is, you're doing a good job. But I also think you're doing a good job if you have finally reached a place like you have where you're like, I don't want to use this as, you know, I need this as a recovery day. And I think, that was just so bold and brave of you. You're doing a really good job. Thank you for calling that in. And I am I am really ugh, sorry that it's so much right now. Like I we we're just all going to be here with you sitting in a like a water park lazy river of just too much. Too much. All mingling together. You are doing a good job. Now boop a boo it's time for the thank yous, because this pandemic isn't over. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's not even close. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who works in the medical profession, who have been on the front lines since the very beginning of this, making sure that the facilities are clean and safe to be in, uh, to making, preparing, building, shipping, delivering the equipment that hospitals and doctor's offices and clinics need, to the people who know how to run those machines uh, like ventilators that so many of us rely on 
And of course, thank you to the nurses and doctors and RNs and EMTs and everybody. Thank you for your work and being there to take care of us. I will continue to show my thanks by wearing a mask. Thank you to all the people in the industry of making vaccines. That is a science industry. <laughs> Where you do science magic. I know very little about the vaccine process. And so I am just in awe of you being able to work so hard and so fast on getting these different vaccines up and running. And thank you to the people administering these vaccines. My parents got their first round of vaccines last week, and it was thrilling and well-organized, and it went so smoothly, and that is because you are doing that. So thank you to everyone who is part of the vaccine rollout. And thank you, as always, to all the essential workers. I really hope we come out of this experience really really and truly recognizing how essential every job is. So thank you to everyone at the grocery stores and at the drug stores and, you know, staying open so that we can get what we need to stay at home. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and teachers. Oh, God, I love you, teachers. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I didn't say that right away. I fucking love you. Thank you. And I am sure I am missing all sorts of people who need to be thanked. So just know that I am thanking and thanking of you. So yeah. Okay. How am I? Let me check in. Guys, I don't always have a lot to offer, but Teresa was having a very bad week. (laughs) And you know what? I knew... I knew I could offer something. That something was fudge. I make Teresa fudge every Christmas because she likes the fudge. She doesn't share the fudge either. So when I was sitting there trying to think of how can I help Teresa, what little special treat could I give my friend that I know won't immediately be taken or given out of complete exhaustion, to her family. I want to give her something that makes her feel like a self. Fudge. So I made a whole thing of fudge that I usually split up and give out to lots of people. So Teresa got a heavy brick of fudge. Oh my God. It was so much fudge. And I dropped it off at her house. And she has been eating the fudge and not sharing it. And I'm very pleased to know that she is not sharing it. And it was just so much fun. It was like the fates had aligned for me to make the fudge. You can't make fudge in the rain. You can't make fudge when it's too hot. And there was just this weird one day here in Pasadena where it wasn't raining because we were having a little rain right now, but it wasn't raining. It was sunny. It was cool and crisp. And this May be the best fudge I've ever made. And many people have been asking for my recipe. And do you want to know what that secret family recipe is? Well, you go to the store and you go find the marshmallow fluff. 
And on the back of that jar, it says fantasy fudge. That's what I do. No nuts. I don't do the nuts. Sometimes I totally forget vanilla, and that's fine too. But it's three cups of sugar, so that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Gabe just made a face like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't eat a lot of the fudge. You have to have just a little piece of the fudge. It was a joy to make this for Teresa, and it is a joy to make. Fudge is not something I want to make every day. What I would like to figure out how to make are some good old-fashioned southern pralines, which involves caramelizing things, and I have yet to succeed at that, mainly because I haven't actually tried how to learn to do it, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Tom Vanderbilt, the joy and transformative power of lifelong learning. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are speaking with Tom Vanderbilt, who is a contributing editor at Outside Magazine and writes for many publications, including Wired and the Wall Street Journal Magazine. He is the author of Traffic, Why We Drive the Way We Do. You may also like Taste in an Age of Endless Choice and Beginners, The Joy and Transformative Power of Lifelong Learning, all published by Knopf. He lives in Madison, New Jersey with his wife, the writer, Jancy Dunn, and his daughter. Welcome, Tom. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. I usually start right away with who lives in your house, but now I have to ask, do you have an affection for titles like one word titles with substantial taglines? <laughs> as you were as you were reading those off, I myself was suddenly realizing I, I mean I like <laughs> I like to think they have a certain poetic cadence yes. to them, but I might, I might be humor. I might be, you know, they may not. I don't know. Yeah. So well, I, just, I was just like, wow, look at that. Boing, boing, boing. These are all carefully, you know, focused groups. Yes. And, you know, I, I yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, then let's transition gracefully into who lives okay. in your house. Well, you did mention, I think, but we I were did, talking about but... it. I'm so, well, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but they could have changed up since that bio. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Things are crazy right now. <laughs> so in my house, as we've all been there for the last year, is uh, Jancy Dunn, the, uh, my wife of several decades, and my daughter, <laughs> Sylvie, who's uh, doing an, actually appropriately for the book, she's doing an online chess lesson at the moment. And we have a a cat named, his name, his, his name is sort of Tux, which is short for Tuxedo because he's a tuxedo cat, black and white. And he's a, a pandemic yes. rescue cat yes. that we greatly in, enhanced our um, life when we got him back in a April or something. But anyway, he, he was a great um, joy during this whole thing. So, Oh, anyway. good job. Let's talk about your new book, Beginners, The Joy and Transformative Power of Lifelong Learning. It, it sort of talks about the benefits of learning new skills and but not to the point of like becoming experts like this isn't a book where it's like guess what you're going to do this you know the 10,000 times story right and then you're mm -hmm. going to be an expert it's more about just trying to learn something new and you reference 
your daughter's influence, as well as you refer to yourself often as an old dad, old father. <laughs> and I want to start with sort of how those those two things influenced or led to the book. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because, uh, yeah, I was I had I, let's say I had a lot of experience in not being a parent, you know, yeah. some four. <laughs> Four decades worth. And then, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly um, here's this child. And, you know, so, so talk about being a beginner. This, this was sort of like the ultimate for me beginner experience because I had just, yeah, I was had a way of doing things that was suddenly upended greatly. And then, you know, then it was this thing where, well, okay, she needs to know all these things. And guess guess what? Who has to teach her a lot of these things is me. So, <laughs> which, was, which was going well until the day she decided she wanted to learn how to play chess. And I actually don't know how, didn't know how to play chess. <laughs> So, you know, part of this whole thing, being a parent, I was I was paying for all these lessons and, you know, piano and, and uh, all, all this stuff. And and then usually I would I would sit there for an hour uh, looking at my phone, you know, mm-hmm. doom scrolling Twitter or whatever we do. And then it just sort of got to me at some point that, I, you know, she went to learn chess. I'm like, OK, I, I can't really teach you. I could sort of teach you, but it'd be better you know, if you had someone who really knew what they were doing. But then when the guy came over, Simon, I, I said, you know, enough, enough of this. Why don't I join in and we'll learn the same thing at the same time, see how that goes. And, you know, she was she was four. She hadn't yet, you know, she no, no uh, preteen rebellion or anything. So I, I, I liked it. You know, I, I was I was sort of like, wow, OK, I, I just sort of felt my 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 head expand. My 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 sense of self was like had slightly grown a little bit because, you know, yeah. here I was suddenly a chess player where a yeah, week yeah. ago I wasn't. So <laughs> so that I with that experience in mind, I just suddenly thought like, wow, what, what's the last new thing I really ner- learned how to do? And I, mm. I kind of had a moment of crisis and thought, well, <laughs> if I can, um, if I could just convince my publisher to send me on this year long, which yeah. turned out to be really like three years, odyssey of learning all these things. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the story. And so you said, yeah, you asked about old dad. And there, so that was part of it was that experience of like having yeah. all this experience of not being a dad. But then there was this thing, you know, okay, she's going to be, you know, challenging me for a while here. So I, I just had the sudden, sudden inner, inner alarm clock going off of like, okay, you're hitting, <laughs> going to hit 50 very soon. You know, what, what are you going to, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to um, do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in some ways I was trying, you know, there, there's part of a, a lot, the long game here is that I was thinking, you know, way down the road, like to be in the best shape as I could, not, not just, not physically really, but, you know, cognitively and all yeah. that stuff. So I just had the sense I suddenly didn't want to be like a frozen person at age 50 who had who was kind of resting on his whatever scant laurels I had. Yeah. And, you know, um, <laughs> so that so that's I'm sorry, a long winded answer, but that's kind no. of what's, what prompted it. So. No, actually, it's a great answer. And it it because I do. I am also an older parent. <laughs> what do they call a geriatric parent? And so. I'm with you, but there's also that balance of, Jesus Christ, I'm tired as well, right? (laughs) Some some not so great benefits about doing it later in life, but I too often think about the cognitive skills. I think so many of us are also part of what they call the sandwich generation, where, you know, we are between children and our own parents who are, you know, heading on in years mm-hmm. and you do I, I will readily admit I watch friends parents and my parents and I think how can I get on this so that I'm you know like that person in that tv show who's like so I want to be like Betty White dude I want to be sharp <laughs> as a tack you know until I'm out the door so 
they say learning new skills really helps with that. So I, how did you pick what you were going to tackle when it comes to this? Did you pick it? Did your publisher say like, oh, no, you're going to go learn how to be X, Y, or Z, right? Like, how did you right, pick? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did have a free hand. And and uh, as, as I once did in a previous book, I went onto the website Ask Metafilter, which is just a great you know place to ask people questions. And I said, I said something like, "Hey, you know, what's what new skills should this old dog learn?" And then, you know, I got all these interesting things back. A lot, a lot of it was coding, which mm. I, I feel like I should know coding, but it, it, to be honest, and I was interested in computers when I was younger, but to be honest, it just didn't. I, I was I was already spending enough time in front of my yeah. laptop. I, I just didn't want more. So it was a little, and, and it seemed kind of like job related, yeah. and I, I was looking for something apart from that. So then, um, there were some good suggestions there, very interesting ones. But I eventually went with just a, a short list of. Things really that at some point in my life I had probably expressed some desire to want to do, but had never actually gotten around to doing, or maybe had even done a little bit when I was yeah. much, much younger and then had been sort of steered away from those things <laughs> or, or they had just fallen off in the way they do because, you know, we don't teach drawing, you know, yeah. some people argue we should teach drawing the way we teach reading, but that, that's a whole other argument. So, <laughs> so, I, so the, the, so these things were, um, were, uh, singing surfing. Uh, yeah. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the Midwest. So surfing was like this, you know, oh. impossible exotic thing. There was um, drawing, which yeah. is, you know, uh, something I think, you know, I mentioned in the book that it's one of the most searched Google terms is how to draw. There, you mm -hmm. know, there's sort of like how to boil water. So, you know, there's something like that. There's a list of like the top 10 <laughs> and drawing is how to tie a tie, but how to draw. And then I wanted to, wanted to make something just going kind of back to the thought of being at the computer all the time. I'm, I'm just not that great with my hands. And I felt this this lack, you know, kind of this. Uh, so anyway, I had lost two wedding rings while surfing, while trying to learn to surf. <laughs> needed, needed, needed a wedding ring. And I thought just by chance, um, our, one of our neighbors was was a, a master jeweler. And I sort of just got this weird idea in my head. Maybe he could help me make this ring. So, and then the last thing was not quite the last thing. The last like official thing was yeah. juggling, which you know, jugg juggling is, you know, it's just a pure motor skill. It's a great party trick. And it's not that I had this lifelong fascination but I think once at some carnival or something I'd tried yeah. to do it and I couldn't do it and I was, it was just like annoyed by that so but it's just a great way to think about learning it's a little like like motor skills seminar in a in a box or something well that's that what sense. that's what's so great about the different things you chose is that they require different methods of learning right like they're not juggling is is not the same as drawing or not the same as surfing and and yet they share some things in common in general uh, just the kind of mechanics of learning so i guess you're going through this process of these different skills that you're you're trying to tackle they're all very different you at the beginning know this is going to help me cognitively right but like as you started this process what what else did you learn about the benefits of of trying to learn new skills? Were you surprised by anything or were you like, oh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it, it sounds it sounds kind of dumb, but the, the main thing was was really just how fun it was. I, ha I have to say, you know, these th even the practice sessions for a lot of these things, which is supposed to be work and you're supposed to do deliberate practice and learn from mistakes and it's supposed to be sort of like homework and but, you know, for example, taking vocal lessons, I just found to be the closest thing to a sort of therapeutic, meditative, mm. 
practice where, you know, I was literally you know, lying on the floor sometimes, letting my muscles collapse into the ground. So my I would become much more relaxed because tension is the great enemy of, of singing, <laughs> among many other things. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you, you can't you can't show up like coming off the subway in New York City, all hostile and go into your singing lesson and then expect to be, you know, producing mellifluous uh, tones. Um, so <laughs> I, I would just leave singing rehearsals on an absolute high. Um. And then it got even, the payoff was even bigger when I decided to, okay, let's not just sing to this nice teacher in her privacy of her home every week. Let's take this out to the real world. I never thought about, you know, like going to the subway and busking or anything like that. But I thought like, what, how can I find a safe, a relatively safe environment yet still challenging? And that was to join a choir. And this is just to preface this, you know, I, this is not something anyone I've ever known in my 50 years of life has ever heard me express a desire to join a choir. Like I was not like <laughs> longing after choirs. Uh, it just kind of came out of the, sort of came out of the blue and I joined this choir and so, suddenly singing with people was just yeah. this. Yeah, just this transcendent, you know, thing that had not been there for me and was suddenly there. And that just, you know, amped everything up like times 20. So, I mean, that that was just one of the initial things. And it kind of just kicking myself, why did I, you know, wait so long for all this stuff? And it's, it's not like I wasn't doing anything, but I'd kind of gotten locked into like, uh, just in the book, I sort of mentioned how I'd gotten into cycling, which I, I love cycling, but it sort of dominated you know, every weekend. I was just cycling for like, 15 hours or whatever. And it was just kind of a little bit narrow and becoming yeah. a bit too much like a job. Yeah. And and then, <laughs> yes. No, I, I just, go on, but I think, I, yeah. No, I think it's actually really interesting. It is almost, it's almost the norm for us as a people to settle, <laughs> to like get stagnant, to get into ruts and to not, I'm not, I'm not sure outside of like, maybe one or two kids books or kids TV shows, uh, are we ever encouraged to go try as many things as we possibly can, right? Like, and to learn new skills and learning can be very sort of restrictive sometimes when we're growing up. And it actually makes a lot of sense that we wind up suddenly 50 and why did I, why have I never been in a choir before? And that, right? And I also... This is sort of where I wanted to kind of eventually get to, and that is once you have, like, kids in your house, it really can put the kibosh on anything remotely, self-carry, self-driven, <laughs> self-anything, right? Like, it's, it's, I'll do it later. I'll eventually get to it. Right. And so for people who who have been listening to the show forever, uh, your wife, uh, Jancy Dunn, was on episode 198 when her book, (laughs) How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, came out. And it was both of you. It's so funny. When I a wonderful first... work of fiction, I might Oh, yes, yes, of course. It's based on everybody else. It's based on friends that you know. She is an absolute delight. But one of the things that we talked about on that show and that the book talks about so much is that feeling of being like one of the parents who does like 50 things. And in that time, uh, the partner has picked up some leggings. <laughs> You're like, what is happening? Right. And then communication was another big part of it 
And, you know, and then my favorite question that we talked about was, who is this book for? Should I, like, leave this on my husband's pillow and then, like, just pretend to be asleep? Seems a little passive aggressive. And Sorry, my husband literally just walked in here. So here comes your book a few years later, and it's about the joy of trying all these new things. And I will readily admit despite all the growth of talking to so many people over the years and years of therapy and my children being older, it would be really easy to say, you know, well, isn't that nice? What a super self-indulgent book you got to do. (laughs) Those books tell very different narratives. So I actually, though, feel like the two books fit really well together in some way. Like I I can see where they complement each other to do the sort of, you know, journey that you were taking on even just one skill can be really hard to find time to do when you're balancing, you know, family. Yeah, no, I I do think they complement each other. And there there was sort of a a natural progression here, which is that, you know, one of the themes of, of Jancy's book is that is that time yeah. is divided very differently in families, and it's often, often the even when both parents are fully employed, it's it's yeah. the wife you know picking up more of the slack around the house and and doing on 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 whole much more work. So you know, as sort of an outgrowth of that, in response to that, I was trying to you know definitely find ways I could you know, just pick up more of that slack. And, you know, and this even gets into its own little thorny thing, which is where often the dad becomes kind of, you know, like, let's call call him the minister of fun or something, you know, where he's, yeah. you know, doing the fun stuff rather than doing some of the hard labor. So, I, you know, I had to be cognizant of that too. But, you know, it was this idea, though, that as, as I was, you know, becoming a little bit, you know, quickly, it's, it's not that fun always shepherding your kid to so many lessons. Yeah. And, then you have this, like you said, this nagging thought in the back of your head, oh, I'd like to do that. But um, yeah. so th- then I just sort of had this idea that, well, maybe we could do these things together and that mm-hmm. would sort of magically solve both of these issues at once. I could sort of do this, <laughs> do this growth of exploration <laughs> and self-care. And my daughter could also be learning something too. And then that would be bonding between us that would leave Jancy with a new, uh, new, new amounts of spare time to do yeah. her, her, on her to, to do her own self care, um, and then you know, so I, I tried to find all these things that you know my daughter and I could do together. It started obviously with chess, and then so then I became like the the, the chess coach, chess dad. But then I, I made sure to get her out surfing, which you know I, I think had its own benefits for her apart from my own selfish you know reasons, yeah. uh, you know just. <laughs> starting anything that young as someone who's started way too late i think it's great and it's just it's one of those sports that there's a it's changing quite a bit lately but there's a little bit less uh, you know female participation than that oh yeah no no let's just say it she's a badass (laughs) (laughs) you're signing her um, up for badass lessons it's okay and this is you know and what what happens you know i i tried to look into this i was like this is a great idea. You know, adults learning the same thing at the same time with their kids. Like this should be a thing. And so I went online to look at it. I just, I'm sure, I'm sure people are out there doing it, but I couldn't find that many people talking about it, much, much research about it at all. And I just, I just kept finding advice about how to be a better teacher, how how to, how to encourage your child to learn, not to actually. And and the only reason I bring this up is I, I really think there are these benefits to doing that, not just on familial bonding, but, having your child see you struggle to learn to do something when you're usually this, you know, 
unimpeachable voice of authority. It, you know, there's some interesting research that, you know, sort of hints that if they see you struggle, well, they're going to try harder themselves. They'll get less discouraged when they have when they have trouble. Yeah. You know, it's not to say I've, I've glommed on to everything that my daughter's doing. Uh, you know, trying to give her some autonomy. Um, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of minefields you walk into here, yeah. right? And there's the whole idea of like, well, I didn't surf when I was a kid, so I'm going to have my kid be a great yeah. surfer and vicariously and live. living yeah, yeah, through yeah. your child, right? Exactly. So I was, you know, aware of all that, but but yeah, so. Um, I think you know, in the end, you know, I, I think it's worked out in terms of the message of, of Nancy's book. And, you know, there, this was obviously a concern when she first heard of my, <laughs> that, my that my idea had been. Uh, she's like, you know, wait, uh, so you're going to pick up five new you know, hobbies, skills yeah. with that each require at least a night, a day away. Yeah, countless week. time yeah, away. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't go over that way. Yeah, I was going to say that that <laughs> probably a tender time to have discussed those things. So, no, mm-hmm. I get it. But I think it's actually, though, when I think about you, you said, why am I not learning this? Why am I not using this time while my kid's learning something? Because I've been there. You know, you're sitting there at the ballet lesson or the whatever. And I, why am I not learning something right now? And I, I think. We talk on the show sometimes about just changing the narrative that we're telling ourselves. And I think all of us, narrative gets really narrow when I think kids show up in your Mm. house. And I think if you're in a partnered relationship and both can change that narrative of how am I using this time I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I didn't, you know, everybody on the show knows I've had a banjo sitting under the bed for 13 years, if not longer. And during the pandemic, finally decided, okay, I, I'm going to learn how to play this fucking banjo, right? Like, and, and there is that pressure of now I've got to be really good at it. Or what if I, what if I don't really like playing the banjo? <laughs> right? Like, but I agree. There have been times my kids have walked in and been like, God, that sounds better than it did right like (laughs) things like that and so whoever the dominant like caregiver is in the house I think there is some room to have like you you use Jancy's skills of communication (laughs) to bridge this sort of murky area of self-sacrifice and turn it instead into you know self-care like finding these things that that you can do and not putting that pressure on yourself to be perfect at it. Was there anything that you were like, wrap up on on this fun one? I know that the the choir and the singing turned out to be this really great thing, this great experience that that you worked in. Was there anything you were like, oh God, I don't ever want to do that again? <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I luckily I, I avoided any major, you know, entanglements of that way. But there, I did, you know, it's not like I there were some things that I took to more naturally. And I I, I took a um for example, there was something in Brooklyn called uh, the Metal Shop Fantasy Camp, which, yeah, yeah. which is actually, which is a great thing. And I, <laughs> it was a great, you know, there were a lot of great things about it. I mean, I love, you know, I loved like holding, it was, it was a, it was a welding uh, yeah. class to, to explain that. So um, I loved holding the metal and, and just working with this, uh, you know, like 3000 degree, whatever, raw flame. But I was just really not that good at it. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> 
and it just it sort of my eyes were like I was blinded the next you know the next I woke up with like uh, what, what do they call it like arc welders blindness or something uh, because of staring I, I I made a lot of mistakes and you know and you talk about perfection yeah I I, I do I do have the uh, I tried to make this a manifesto about you know not being obsessed with perfection but yeah. I, I in that case I felt like I was so far off from even showing any promise that I mean in the end I did produce this you know metal three dimensional metal cube which was the object of the class. And the, you know, with some help from the teacher, but you know, I just didn't, I, I didn't feel that like uh, itch, and, I, and I'm not sure that you know I gave it enough time. I, I don't think everything has to click right away, and that maybe that's okay. That it might take a little while to re- reach yeah. that sweet spot. I think I think we tend to get obsessed with this idea that we have a some sort of passion that's out there lurking, <laughs> you know, maybe that banjo <laughs> under your bed, but. Um, <laughs> But there's, you know, uh, Carol Dweck, who's the famous, you know, researcher behind the concept of mindset, having a growth mindset. She has yeah. some interesting research that talks about, you know, this idea of passion is, is a, can be a dangerous thing because just announcing, the very act of announcing this passion kind of lets ourselves off the hook sometimes. Mm. And we'll, we're almost less likely to actually indulge in that thing because we've we've just said, oh, it's our passion. And then sort of like, yeah. and, and, the, and the passion will kind of do the work for us and it's not going to be hard and there's not going to be hours of failure and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So welding, you know, it, no. it, it wasn't, yeah. Not your, <laughs> not your thing. <laughs> I look forward to that children's book. Welding, well, <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, you know, the, the happy thing was I was able to take some of that, yeah, that kind of, manipulation with metal and fire and bring it to the jeweler's workshop, which was, which was a little bit, for whatever reason, more my thing. So I don't, it sort of worked out in the end, but and I think with more time. But yeah, so I I don't think that it, it's okay to, you know, don't think that you have to start something and that you need to give five years to it. You know, if, it's, if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like life yeah, is but short. I, it's know? just the learning, the act of trying to actively learn something is the, the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think parents yeah. probably send kids, you know, to classes all the time that that last exactly one class and they decide yeah. oh that that was that yeah. I, I don't like i don't like ice skating or whatever <laughs> somehow we we get hung up on these you know ideas of you know, that you know failure and, and lack of yeah. commitment and all that all that stuff so um oh yeah you gotta win you signed up you gotta <laughs> win four-year-old bring your a-game tiffany all right <laughs> well tom Thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us about this, as well as for writing the book. I'm glad it didn't destroy your marriage. That's always, that's, I always, I think that's always a positive outcome for all people (laughs) when it comes to their work. And we will make sure that we link everybody up to where they can get the book and find out more about it. And I, I really do appreciate it. It's, it sort of takes the pressure off the fun of learning so i you know it's fun thank you and you're making me think of an alternate title which would have been how not to destroy your yeah, marriage how after, not to after destroy- hobbies that's after right hobbies. after hobbies no, like, a follow-up yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and thank you very very much thanks so much my pleasure One Bad Mother is supported in part by Function of Beauty, which offers precise formulations customized for your hair's specific needs. 
How do I know what my hair needs? Well, I took a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a very quick, easy, but well-questioned quiz. So Mm -hmm. that when I was done, my hair type, my hair goals, the color, which has been slowly fading since the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. as well as fragrance preferences, were all considered when it came to putting together a shampoo and conditioner formula just for me. And I'm always on the lookout for products that are vegan and cruelty free. So guys, never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash badmother to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash badmother to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 20% off your order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa Thorne. This is your life. Prepare to be judged. I feel like I need to put a little extra in every week because we only have this special time together. I know. We have to make it good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Real content. Yeah. So that may have been too much. So genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. It was definitely too much considering the low bar of my genius moment, which is that I managed to buy more contact lenses for myself. Wow. And today was the first day that I was wearing them again after like weeks of just not having them and just having my glasses. And, you know, for all those of us who wear glasses sometimes or all the time during a pandemic... The mask-glasses combination is really complicated. It's a whole thing. There's a lot going on. And it's fine. You still do it. You do what you got to do. But there's a lot of fixing and maneuvering and fogging and defogging and adjusting. At least that's been my experience. Oh, it's my experience. Okay. Yeah. So, and I tend to be a contacts person anyway, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So I ran out and mm. having them back in my life today, mm. like I felt amazing. Like I noticed there was at one point this morning where I was like, why do I feel so good right now? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, because I don't have glasses <laughs> on my face and I can see. It's great. So I think this shows that you recognize that you were a self Yes. In its most basic form. And that got- my body needs to see. <laughs> you are doing a really good job. Thank you, Biz. You're welcome. Mad Libs. 
Every morning we do family meeting. You all know this. Family meeting time. Family meeting time. Who's got an announcement? This is what we do. And at the end, we play like a family game. This is something that we started at the beginning of the pandemic because it kind of mirrored what they did in school. Right? Mm, Nice. And so it also helped Stefan and I realize what we were doing during the day. Yeah. 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 So the games have been very uh, varied over this time. But Stefan, out of the blue, (laughs) pulled out Mad Libs. We've been holding on to this book of Mad Libs since the last time Kat went to summer camp, never really using them. And we're just like, these are the best. Why why aren't we using Mad Libs? So this has become the family meeting game. And it's timed out perfect because Ellis is learning about nouns and verbs and now is ahead of the game knowing what an adjective is also cat has really (laughs) really caught up with where they should be on nouns Mm -hmm. and pronouns it's a good reminder good nouns and verbs and, and adjectives but i think the real joy here is i've really gotten to just really be myself. You know, I think Stefan and I have reserved who we really are as people since we've had children on some level. I know Teresa's looking like you have. And I'm like, yeah, we hold a lot back because we, you know, we're trying to be sensitive and they're young. But that has gone out the window with Mad Libs. And I have really shown why Mad Libs is fun. You need a noun. Boobs. Okay, it's always boobs or boobies. That's really a plural noun. No, boob. I'm sorry, boob. (laughs) Plural would be boobies, butts. Mm -hmm. When somebody wants a like a gas or a liquid, Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna let you guys go there, and then it makes cat cringe and crawl like in the most teenagey, tweeny of ways, which just really makes us want to do it more because yeah. I think that's that's this relationship. And yeah. like this morning, Stefan uh, was leading the Mad Libs and said, okay, you can only answer the Mad Libs with words that start with B. So that, <laughs> <laughs> poop, we used to be like, I'm like, poo-poo, <laughs> poots. I mean, I'm just like, come on, guys. Jiggly, moist, damp. So everybody now, and it's we all just giggle, and it's really yeah, nice. It's so fun. I'm pretty sure they're learning. They're learning something. <laughs> they, they are. Stefan said, this is going to be a fail. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to make them very popular. <laughs> I love it. I think it's awesome in Thank a lot you. of different ways. Oh, Good okay. job. Thank you. Okay, I have a genius, and it might be a little dorky, but it's really fun. I got myself some roller skates, and I am currently driving my two-year-old around, so he'll fall asleep in the car, and then we're going to park in an empty parking lot, and I'm just going to ride circles around my car like a little shark to protect my young, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to play some music, and do my own thing as a just a woman with a car with a child inside of it in a random parking lot you're all doing a great job and so am i
on roller skates. Don't forget, you're a woman yeah. with a car with a child in it in a parking lot in roller skates. Yeah, this sounds perfect. Oh, my God. It's such a good yeah. idea. And you yeah. know what I really like about this is it has put a spin on the old shark metaphor yeah. that we use. I like this shark better. This is a happy shark. Yeah. This is a shark who's moving for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better than going to a parking lot and sitting there. Yeah. Crying. Period. Like Crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do that, too, if you need to. Well, you can do that while you're... You can also cry while skating. Yes. I I realized my mistake. You're correct. You can do both. Cry openly. (laughs) Openly. (laughs) You are so great. Thank you, yeah, you are. for sharing that. That's so good. Yes. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Plenty to choose from Ooh. over here as usual. I'm going to go with last night. Curtis had the idea that he wanted to sleep with his sister because he loves his sister and he really misses her during the night when he doesn't get to see her which is like (laughs) such bs i mean i'm sure he loves her but you know and gracie happened to hear him saying this and she said yes oh sleep with me it will be so fun we will have a slumber party and it caught me so off guard i knew enough to to not be like sure right now because it was like bedtime. It was like so obviously like a ploy Mm -hmm. to not go to bed. So I was like, no, it's school night, you know, school night in quotes, but Mm -hmm. technically it was a school night. (laughs) No, it's school night. We can do a slumber party one night when it's like the weekend or something. Well, I forgot that like my kids are old enough now that they like know how days of the week go. Mm -hmm. So they put it together that, well, tomorrow, tomorrow night then. And I just wish that, like, instead of doing the thing I did, I had said, no, everybody in your own bed. Like, everybody sleeps in their own beds, except for, like, once in a blue moon during the summer or, like, on vacation or something. Like, no, we're all going to sleep in our own beds. I didn't. I said, maybe on a weekend. Sure, on a weekend night we could, but tonight's a school night. So then they immediately were like, so tomorrow night we're going to do this. And I just... I couldn't. No. So I just said, okay, yeah, tomorrow night. And they haven't let it go. So no. like last night they talked about it a bunch. This morning they've been talking about it. They're all excited. I think they think they're going to sleep like in the bed together. Like I'm going to definitely set up a bed for Curtis on the floor in Gracie's room. But mm-hmm. like I just it's not going to go well. No. You guys, he's almost four. Like, sleeping is still hard at night Mm. for everyone in our house. Like, we're just barely (laughs) getting to a point where people can basically sleep through the night. And, I, you know, I just did this to myself. I feel I did it to myself. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's a real good chance it's going to go bad. (laughs) You know what stinks is our children getting smarter and uh, like, yeah, like Ellis gets like really frustrated that he can't tell time yet. And I'm like, uh-huh. I am never going to teach you yeah. ever, yeah. like ever. Just try and figure it out. Figure it out when you yeah. want it bad enough. Yeah. yeah. You'll learn it. So this 
it might be the kind of thing where it totally works out and you can just like open yeah. the door whenever they come out you just open the door and you're like no 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 slumber party you guys all right. part of the rules that you can make up slumber party rules it's not like That's they've right. got a book right yeah. like the rule is i don't i can't you can't I don't need to hear you you can't yeah. ask me for anything yeah you can't like you guys are on your <laughs> own that can't be good either so unlikely no so unlikely. no so but i'm gonna pretend that that's what's gonna happen yeah and that you don't wind up just being like i'm coming to your fucking slumber party roll over <laughs> everybody go to sleep oh my god that, that's actually i wasn't thinking ahead mm -hmm. but now that you say it that's like the inevitable yeah. truth yeah i know yeah i only know that from experience so yeah. i am okay great you could just set up a movie and walk away well it's also movie night so we're supposed oh. to do movie night this could work out then... so well i actually think this is going to be something okay <laughs> i'll report back <sighs> okay so we have not taken, we have three cats, one of them being onion, old, always had a sensitive stomach. And before the pandemic, in the times before the COVID, he was on these like steroids to help with his stomach because he either has cancer or irritable bowel syndrome. He too old for us to try and investigate that. And the steroids right. were working well. And it was time to go back for a checkup and to get a new prescription. And we had not gone since the pandemic. And I called our vet. And our vet has always had an unusual process of appointments. You just show up and wait. Mm -hmm. There's no right. scheduled appointments. Yeah. You show up and you wait. It's usually not that big of a deal. They've made no changes to that since the pandemic. So apparently there's a sign-up sheet that goes out at 7 a.m. And then it goes back out at like 12. And you just have to come and get one of the slots. And there's no way of knowing how many slots will be there each day. And so I'm like, I, I, I really didn't want to do it. No, I didn't want to go. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because A, I always take... The vet. I always do the vet run. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. done the vet run with babies. Yeah. I've done the vet run with two children. Oh, I yeah. have done the vet run with two children and three cats. And Onion no longer can travel without pooping and vomiting like a minute into the car ride. Okay. So that's really rough on Onion. It's really rough on us it's it's not good so stefan said he would take him so he gets up early gets onion into the carrying case gets there and within 10 minutes i get a text that says there were only four slots and they're all filled and people are literally sitting here in folding chairs like camping chairs so now he's got to come home onion is miserable the carrying case is so bad it's really bad and stefan is broken this was what yeah. broke stefan it broke him for yeah. the pandemic yeah and it threw him so out of whack and it he thought he had it he thought he had it yeah and the fail here is 
I knew, like I knew this could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was asking him to do something that probably would not have ruined my day and several days after. Mm-hmm. Right? It wouldn't have. Right? Like it's just not who my fortitude is. I would have been pissed, mm-hmm. but I would have turned it around into like getting extra chocolate that day. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's, and, but for Stefan, I mean, days, guys. It was days. He was so mad at the process, so felt so bad that he'd somehow hurt Onion, you know, I mean, all of this. Yeah. So, yeah, I I feel kind of bad. I mean, look, whether I went, I mean, I don't know. I just, you know it's who your a... partner is and you know you're supposed yeah. to help your partner. And I, should, yeah. I knew that this would have been, should have been something I did. It also just feels like a fail when you're in that situation for everyone. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Mm. It was no good. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. I really needed to hear that I was doing a great job because I really don't feel like it right now. Last night, my one-year-old who's starting to walk and standing in the tub, which is super not safe, fell in the tub and busted her gum, not her lip, her lip would have been fine, her gum, where she has a new tooth coming in, and it might be cracked, you can't tell yet, so I just have to wait for that, and then this morning, I went to go pick up my one-year-old, and I had to walk past my almost three-year-old. And I fucking stepped on my almost three-year-old's finger. And I'm pretty sure I broke my daughter's pinky. I suck. I feel terrible. I just, this is normal, right? I suck. Okay. Thanks for the show. Bye. Ugh. You know, no one likes to play fail calls. (laughs) like this but here's the thing it is normal you know like we go back to the very beginning I remember Ellis's arm like I'm trying to get out of the car and I'm holding him and then Mm -hmm. the door slams and slams on his arm and I felt like like yeah yeah I think about the woman with the the baby baby falling off the bench Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and like Babies are rolling off of beds and rolling off of changing tables. And no, no, I'm not like, let's have a big rolling off of the changing table party. It's horrible. Every single one of them is scary. Yeah, it's so scary. Yeah. And I think there is such a shame based culture around things like, you know, like, totally. You're a parent. You should never have that. You're a monster. Yeah. Every minute of your child's life yeah. supposed to be perfect, and every minute of your life as a parent, and your intuition, be like you should just feel yeah. like how to care for your child and prevent all injuries. Oh, I know. There was like one time I turned around and didn't realize that Cat was behind me and bumped into her, and she fell right in the trash can. Guys, this was like <gasps> a year ago. Yeah. Okay, this wasn't even yeah. like a baby, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, and she yes. laughed. Thank God they get older and they laugh at you. But yeah. you're already going to feel like shit when this happens. Yeah. Don't add to that the feeling that 
it somehow takes away that you're a good parent or that anybody else thinks you're doing a shitty job. Everybody has inadvertently or accidentally. Well, I mean, fingers get stepped on. Yeah. That happens. And when toddlers are taking baths, like learning to take baths, Mm -hmm. sometimes they stand up in the tub and sometimes they fall. And I mean, you can be as careful as you can possibly be. And you are. And still, you can't always break a fall. Like, you right. can't always, even if you're right there, you can't always stop your kid from getting hurt. It, they just do get hurt. It's really, really hard. Yeah, it really is hard. I fucking hate it. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Your kids will be okay. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove Collaborative, which delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. I have spoken about Grove before. I am really trying to make an effort to buy products for my home, especially when it comes to cleaning that are environmentally safe, as well as don't stink. I mean, like literally it was the kind of thing where I was thinking, if I just take this bottle of detergent and pour it right down the drain, is it gonna kill a fish? I mean it. I like overthink this stuff. Making the switch to natural products has really never been easier. For a limited time, when One Bad Mother listeners go to grove.co slash badmother, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code. Go to grove.co slash badmother to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash badmother. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, He's coming back. Or do you mean the fact (laughs) that Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little external validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, (laughs) (laughs) Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we Fanti. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. I'm Jesse Thorne. On the next Bullseye, we've got the one and only Ted Danson. We'll talk about his new show, Mr. Mayor, about Cheers, and about the secret to success in comedy. I mean, I I feel like one of your signature comedic moves at this point uh, in your career is gazing. Uh, You do a lot of interesting gazing. (laughs) I also love this. Gazing. I love that. And if I'm not, I'm going to start because that's great. That's Bullseye. Find it on MaximumFun.org, NPR.org, and wherever you get podcasts. Well, it's that time again, friends. Time to settle in, 
remind yourself that you are not alone and that you are doing a good job and maybe just a brush Teresa's hair. Let's softly brush your hair, Teresa, in my mind. Let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, one bad mother. I am, this is a rant. I am on my way to get late night fast food because I need to eat my feelings because I spent another day, another of many, many, many days in the last 10 years, single parenting my four children because my husband is too depressed to be with us. And we are all home all the time, just like everybody else. And it's so much. And my kids all have anxiety or ADHD or sensory processing disorder or all of it. And it's just so much. And I have everybody's feelings all the time. And we're talking about possible hospitalization for my husband and I just, I want to go to the hospital. I want to be the one who goes and sits in the bed and watches TV and gets food and just sleeps for like a week. And then maybe I could come and handle this. This has been so much for so long. And I'm doing the best that I can. But it's more than I can do. Thanks for the hotline. First of all, you are doing a really amazing job. You are not alone. You know, the weird thing about doing a show like this is sometimes focusing on the things that aren't harsh reminders of where we are right now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we talk about, you know, fails and and try and keep some sense of normalcy, but it's not normal. And a lot of us are at home all the time with mental illness. And when you said, I just want to be the one who gets to go, I felt that. I felt that Hard. I did too. I know Teresa did. I know <laughs> Teresa too, and I did too. I know Teresa. But Teresa's eyes were like, "Yes." And this, it's Teresa and I were just kind of talking about this the other day, and that is having to be in crisis mode all the time. You're supposed to be in crisis mode for like a short period of time. For the length of a crisis, which we think of as being like, what, a week, a or, week two, or two, sometimes extending onto a month or two. Maybe. Right? Yeah. We don't think about it as many, many months. Sometimes if you have kids, a lot of kids with a lot of needs, yeah. your crisis may be years long. You said you've been parenting yeah. for about 10 years. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a long time to be in that mode and I think we can either forget that we're in that mode and think we're now doing things normally 
and our body is like, you are so wrong. <laughs> right? Like, or our mind is like, no, 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 not happening. And I think the trick, and I, I mean, I don't know, I, we can maybe all feel differently about this, but I think the trick that crisis mode plays on you is that you can't give yourself that time, right? Like whatever that thing is. Right. Yeah. A, and, and this is a really shitty time to have crisis happening in our lives because we can't call on our friends or family or the resources that we might have in a different time to, to help. So mm-hmm. Biz, you said it all. I also just, I was thinking about you and all your kids yeah. and I was just having this moment the other, I mean, I'm not in your situation. I just relate to some things that you said. And one thing that I was reminded of when I was listening to your call was the other day, two of my kids were having really strong reactions to totally different problems and really needing help at the same time. And that happens regularly, you know, and I was just and it was just me at that moment. And I was just sitting there thinking like, this is just so like impossible sometimes. (laughs) Like I and I wasn't I wasn't like panicking. I wasn't feeling a lot of stress. I was just almost just being an observer of the situation and thinking like, this is kind of like, I can't yeah. really help you both at the same time right now. So I'm just going to like sit here with you, I guess. Like we do a lot yeah. of just like sitting and like breathing and reflecting. <laughs> like there's really very little more than that that you can do. And even that takes a lot oh. of energy. Like it really does and I don't blame you for wanting to go lay down and watch TV and be in bed and eat food that yeah. gets brought I mean and no like all the sympathy for in the world for your husband too depression yeah. is real we're not no we're not talking about this as like oh that's gonna be a nice relaxing vacation for him that's right. a really serious situation that, yeah. and a scary situation that he's dealing with it's just that when you're looking at the circumstances and you're thinking about what you want for yourself it's so hard not to make that connection and so painful you're doing you're doing beyond remarkable actually this is really difficult what you're having to balance right now and we see you and it's we're just here for you because it is a lot we're yeah. we're here for you in your allotness yeah we are yeah you're doing a good job yes teresa you are doing a good job i think you're wonderful thank and- you <laughs> i think you're wonderful and i think you are a really nice friend who everyone should know, brought me a special (laughs) treat earlier this week. Oh, yeah. Biz made a special non-holiday related batch of fudge for me. I did. I did. And it was was the best. 
That's it, probably the real reason I felt so great this morning, not the contacts. Just the that stash of breakfast. fudge that I can, yep, <laughs> sneak in there anytime I get a chance. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see some of the fudge-related Instagram posts we yes. have flushed, which maybe, <laughs> maybe as I suggested at the top of the show, maybe fudge can be a new fudge parenting hashtag. Maybe that is something yeah. that... Yeah. It's a different... It's different. It, it has a different purpose than cake parenting. A different context, mm. different purpose. Wait, it's not fudge parenting. It's fudge therapy. Fudge therapy. Fudge there therapy. There we go. Or f- fudge masturbation, because it's really just about yourself. <laughs> fudge care. Fudge <laughs> Self-fudge? <laughs> I can't tell you. I am fudge looking- self forward to the hashtag fudge masturbation now you're welcome get ready for that t-shirt everyone (laughs) Teresa, you are doing a really good job thank you for showing up here every week i really appreciate it thank you for showing up every week and i look forward to next week oh yes i'll talk to you then okay bye bye wow is it just me or or we accidentally learning a lot more these days on this show there is some synergy happening when it when it comes to where we start with our check-ins all the way here to the end one mental health very important very important to talk about to be aware of to be supportive of and to not feel bad about to be aware of others who are dealing with it in their homes or themselves and to remember to ask for help and offer help. I was so impressed by our check-in caller who, you know, asked for help and got it over a couple of those days that that they needed it. And I think we've said, look, everybody is so uh, struggling these days that that it feels imposing more imposing than normal, to ask for help. And we've said, no, 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 ask for help. And then be honest about if and what you can offer in terms of help. You know, a good example would be I have uh, told Teresa, I can I can hold it. I, I mean, I can't fix it, but you're welcome to text or call and just bleh, vomit it all out. I can I can hold that for you. That's I got that space, right? So let's be really mindful of that as we're going through it. And then that ties into this whole learning thing, this spin on the idea of what self-care is. None of us are ever going to put our fucking oxygen masks on first. We're always going to try to put it on our kids first. I mean, even though we know we're not supposed to, but like, it's just our instinct. And this is how it can feel when it comes to like general self. We all know we're supposed to be taking care of ourselves so that we could take care of our children, (laughs) especially now more than ever. And we all suck at it. Okay. We all do. Let's just say it out loud and accept it. And then from there, start trying to recreate what self-care is supposed to look like and what we're supposed to be asking for. And I love this idea of, you know, if you need permission, do it so that your children will learn how to fail from watching you fail. Look at that. Boom. Now you have to try something new. Now you have to do something, right? 
and this pressure of telling somebody that I'm learning the banjo, especially at this age, feels like like I'm an imposter. And I feel like there's part of me that felt embarrassed to tell people and just like a bunch of just a bunch of garbage baggage that I've been carrying around. And I think whenever we want to try something new or we admit what our self-care is, it can feel like like we're revealing something very secret. <laughs> and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna laugh at you, Carrie. They're all gonna laugh at you, right? I'm not sure that's the case. I think people don't give a shit, just like they don't give a shit about how we parent, right? So like, I think maybe we should be out trying things, not feeling the pressure to be good at it, not feeling the pressure to love it, and then get rid of it. I mean, I'm trying to teach my kids right now that what they're exploring about themselves doesn't mean they're like trapped in it forever, right? Like, and it doesn't mean, like, just because you want to do ballet, one day, I know we're, you know, putting resources in, none of my kids take ballet. I'm using this as an example, okay? But like, we're putting resources into it. We're blah, 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 blah. If, if you wake up and decide you don't want to be a ballerina, I'm not going to get mad at you, right? So why would we get mad at ourselves if we try something and it turns out we don't like it? I don't know, guys. All I know is that it's still really hard right now. And we're we're all looking for something to help alleviate the stress, to maybe spark something in us that is joy and or provides us a break. And I think we deserve it. And I think it's not embarrassing. And I think we might actually have some space to try it. And, you know, I, yeah, I see you. You deserve it. So here's the thing. You're doing a really, really good job. Trying new things or fucking not trying new things. Okay. You are doing a good job getting through this every day, whether it is the monotony of it, the struggle of it, the chaos of it, or even you can find some joy in this too. You can find that you have found a way to connect differently to the people in your lives or to things that you care about. That is good too. You're all doing a good job. Let's try to be there for ourselves. Let's try to be there for each other. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right.
We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.